If you open up with me to James chapter 5, we're going to uh, conclude uh, James on this this evening. That's James chapter 5, starting in verse 1. But last, last time we were together, we, we were studying James 4. But before we go any further or go to James 5, let's just review some of the things that we have learned in this chapter. In the previous chapters, we, we saw that James is the brother of Jesus. And because of all the persecution that was taking place, all the churches or tribes were scattered. When the church was being established, James became one of the top leaders of the church. In chapter one, James said, count it all joy when you fall into divers or different temptations. Known as trials and tests. The trying of your faith worketh patience. If you lack wisdom, ask God. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. And when a man is tempted, don't say I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither does he tempt any man. In chapter 2, James said, Have not the faith of Christ with respect of persons. If you have respect of persons, you commit sin. What does it profit a man if he says he has faith and have not works? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. In chapter 3, we learn the tongue is like a spark that cannot be controlled. You cannot control, you can control the rest of your body, but the tongue is, is able to set the whole world on fire. James says, out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. We know death and life are in the power of the tongue. The same tongue is, is the instrument that expresses both. James told us about the wisdom that comes from above and beneath. Wisdom that is from above is, uh, excuse me, wisdom that is not from above is earthly. It is sensual and devilish. But the wisdom from above, it is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. In chapter 4, James talked about the wars and fightings among ourselves. This is the direct result of the wisdom that descends from beneath. Many things we need, we don't have because we don't ask. And what we do ask, we don't get because we ask out of our lust. And whoever chooses to be a friend with the world makes himself an enemy to God. God will resist the proud, but give grace unto the humble. God gives favor and honor to those who are humble. When you have faith in God, you don't run, you stand. For the scripture says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. So now here we are with James 5, starting with verse 1. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupt and your garments are moth eaten. Mm -hmm. This has reference to those who hoard treasures and have accumulated more than what they need and keep it to themselves. There's nothing wrong with having wealth or being rich, but God didn't call you to be a hoarder of your wealth. Man hoards more things besides wealth. 
Your gold and silver is cankered and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat you flesh as it were fire. You have heaped their treasures together for the last days. Money is not going to deliver anyone when Jesus comes. Gold and silver are not the perfect gifts that come from above. When silver corrodes and gold tarnishes, this hoarded wealth will curse the person that owns it. Proverbs eleven twenty eight said, He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. There is nothing worse than a person thinking money can buy any and everything that he wants. Today, the rich want to buy a ticket to fly to outer space or to another planet. They've spent thousands just for a few minutes of experience in the outer skirts of space. They use their money to buy their own island. Money to get their children out of trouble. Not realizing it is the money that put them in trouble. All the money Taylor Swift, Beyonce, and Jay-Z own and have will not get them a place in the kingdom. All the charities they give to, this is not the charity that comes from above. Jesus said, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. The rich can buy pills to lose weight. They can afford shots others can't get. But it will not keep their health or get them into heaven. You cannot buy your way into the kingdom or put a price on salvation. Mm -hmm. Remember what happened in Acts 8. Simon offered the apostles money. Let's go there for a minute and and look at what took place there. It's Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 14. Acts chapter 8, verse 14. Now, when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid their hands on them. And they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. God's spirit is not for sale. And what God offers cannot be bought. But man will put a price on what God has given him to give to you. Well-known preachers will ask for a certain amount before they will come to your service or city to give a word from God. Verse 19 says, saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Money is not the answer to power. Jesus gave his life to pay the price. It was with his blood. Verse 20 says, but Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee. Because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Again, God's spirit cannot be bought. Salvation cannot be bought. Healing cannot be bought. Now, let's go back to James 5 verse 4. Behold, 
the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Businesses, companies, and others who are over people are hoarders. They want the more and the more. Companies take their businesses overseas and hire cheap laborers because they will work for less. This gives the companies more profit. Another writer said it this way. See the money which you falsely kept back from the workers cutting the grass in your field is crying out against you. And the cries of those who took in your grain have come to the ears of the Lord of armies. Companies are getting richer. Businesses are getting bigger and owners are getting greedier. Listen to what he says about these types of people. Verse five says, you have lived in pleasures on the earth and been wanton. You have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just and he does not resist you. In other words, the rich have lived on earth a life of extravagancy and luxury. They have indulged in their things in a time of bloodshed. They have condemned and murdered the righteous. They have put them to death. So here are four things they are guilty of. They hoard up money when it is not necessary. Two, they keep back the wages which is due to those who work for them. They keep back what would be fair. Three, they give themselves a life of ease and luxury. And four, they wrong and oppress the good and just who are unable to prove their rights and they take advantage over them. But the scripture tells us who are the children of God in verse seven. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandmen waited for the precious fruit of the earth and have long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Just as a farmer waits on his fruit to come forth and he watches over it patiently. Father God being the husbandman because of Jesus, he waits and has long patience. So even so we must watch and wait patiently. Our weeping may endure for a night, but our joy will come in the morning. Patience is a sense of affliction without murmuring and injuries without revenge. It is the duty of Christians to be patient under their sufferings, though they seem long and sharp. Even though we are wronged by the world, vengeance and revenge is not ours to do. Second Corinthians 4 and 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Remember the rich man in Lazarus? What the rich man of this world experienced is temporal and will only last for a season. But the riches of God is permanent and will last forever. So do you want to lift your eyes up in torment in this body? Or do you want a new body to praise God in peace? Verse 8 says, Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. If you can understand and receive this, the sun is setting on the rich 
but it is rising on the righteous. Be calm and you're waiting on the Lord with his rewards. Let your hearts be strong and be not discouraged. Be not weary in well-doing. And while we wait, this scripture is still important and cannot be said enough. Hebrews 10, 25 tells us not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. In these trying days, people are forsaking the assembly more than ever before. The world and their craftiness has confused Christians with their subtlety and deceit. Their description of what the gospel is. You can no longer distinguish what is gospel music and what is music of the world. Christians are being told and beginning to believe that you have to cross over to reach the world for salvation. But, but have we forgotten what Jesus said? No man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. Salvation is received through the understanding of what is said, not the emotions of what is sung. Grudge not one against another. Brethren, lest ye be condemned, behold the judgment standing before the door. Don't make complaints against one another. We need to get along with each other. That does, that does not just mean church with church members. Husbands and wives need to quit fighting each other. This is another thing on the rise. Husband and wives need to get closer together, not further apart. Children need to see unity. Families need to go back to eating dinner together at the table. Two complaints don't make a blessing. Verse 10 says, take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Look at what happened to them in Hebrews eleven thirty-five through 39. In verse 35, it says, women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured and accepted deliverance that they might obtain a better re resurrection. Saints, we have not yet resisted under blood. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. People were being imprisoned then. But when is the last time you heard of someone going to jail for the name of Jesus? They were stoned. They were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted and tormented of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. All this, and they did not have the promise that we have today. But we who know and have received Christ can stand fast, standing in the liberty where Christ has made us free, not being entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So if you think you were dealt a bad hand in life, read what happened to them then. Verse 11, uh, back in James says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard 
of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Job saw and had the mercies of God and our mercies are new every morning. But all, but above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Swearing is another way of making a promise you can't keep. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. If you are troubled, pray. If you are happy, sing. Before you knew Jesus, when you woke up, if you were happy, you'd walk around the house singing in all your favorite songs. And the songs you were singing was not, oh, how I love Jesus. So now, if you wake up happy, praise him the more. If you are not happy, praise him the more. Because you woke up. Verse 14 says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. See, James is not saying, Is any sick? Let him pray. But let they should call for others to pray with them. If for some reason you feel your prayers is not adequate, call for those that you trust can pray. This does not just mean the pastor. This also includes those that are seasoned in the word of God. Those whose faith follow. Now this is what prayer will do. 15 says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. The prayer offered in faith, the person's ill will be made well. Then it says, if he have committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. Here is what I have learned in my time of ministry. One, we have a hard time asking for prayer. Two, we have a difficult time letting someone in our business. Three, we don't want others to know what we have or have not done because we are ashamed. In short, we may say what is wrong. But we are reluctant to say what we've done because we don't trust they can keep it. But look at what it says in verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You don't just tell anyone true humility True casting down pride is being able to talk to someone seasoned that will pray for you and help you and will not condemn you or tell your business. If brothers and sisters can tell each other everything, if they can confide and advise one another, isn't those in the body of Christ our brothers and sisters? Can't we confide and pray for one another also? I'll let you muse on that. But if your natural brother or sister does not condemn you, then why would your spiritual brother and sister do it as well? We have yet to confess 
to one another. Now look at verse 17. Elias was a man subject to like passion as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Will take taking talking about the power of prayer here. When you read this account in the Old Testament, James shows us how Elijah's words was a word of prayer and not a word of command. Even though he told them in first Kings, there shall not be due nor rain these three years, these years. But according to my word, he didn't command God, but ask God. There are things we have the power to command. And then there are times we must ask. There are things we must ask according to the will of the Lord. But the point is he prayed with faith and fervency according to the will of God revealed to him. And he prayed again in verse 18, and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. When we pray, we must pray and believe. Sometimes we need to pray with intensity instead of praying out of habit or just because. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, or if you should be led astray from the truth, another reason why not to forsake. Verse 20 says, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. The person who is the instrument of converting, the one who is doing wrong or who has strayed from the truth, let him know he has brought back to he was brought back to God who is infinite mercy blots out the numerous sins which has committed during the time of his backsliding. With that, saints, my time is up and I thank you for yours.